Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome back to the Framestore podcast, our festive edition. On Monday's episode, we engaged Ian Landman, London's Head of Recruitment, in our 13-question grilling, otherwise known as the Framestore Podcast Dailies. On today's episode, we continue the conversation where our guest co-host, FPS Crewing Assistant Lucy Beard, runs with the opportunity of interviewing Ian. So without further delay, we hope you enjoy episode four, part two of the Framestore podcast, our Christmas special. Welcome back to the podcast, episode four, part two, our second instalment with Ian Landman, Head of Recruitment, Framestore London. This is where we hand over to this week's co-host, Lucy Beard, who will continue the episode where we left off. So Lucy, over to you. Thank you very much. Um, Ian, it's weird because we work together like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, for you, what's like kind of the, the best and the most challenging? Because like best and worst is easy to rattle off sometimes, but most challenging instead of worst aspects of your job? Uh, I mean the best things for me is working with my with my team um, they're all just absolute gems um, great personalities I'm always learning from them um, hopefully I can impart a little bit of wisdom uh, to them as well but yeah no they, they're, they're definitely the highlight to, to, mm. to what I do uh, at Framestore is just working with my uh, with my team and I think probably the most challenging thing is um, visual effects recruitment. Uh, I think you know most traditional recruitment, you get your budget forecasts, you plan long-form projects that informs recruitment headcount, so you can create a nice long-form recruitment strategy, mm. um, and you you kind of set yourself up for success for the whole year ahead. Whereas visual effects recruitment, you've got two to three months visibility in front of you. The projects and creative and clients. Um, chop and change things so they keep things moving a lot You're which shows constantly <laughs> yeah for and for a you know a support function where you want as much visibility for, for marketing planning outreach um, as possible you just don't get it in visual effects recruitment so that is the most challenging thing is, is how to keep up with the shows how to support the mm-hmm. shows um, within a really uh, constrained time frame um, so that's definitely the most challenging thing. And when you're hiring for like, for the shows, is it kind of a conversation that you'd have more so with the kind of crewing management, or is it kind of an element of asking um, like supervisors on those shows, kind of what they need from that team? It, it, it's a combination, and that's what I think like, Frame stores kind of uh, they've set up the, the crewing uh, and kind of knowledge structures really really well. Um, and connected that to recruitment in a, in a really meaningful way. So we can go to crewing for more logistical information so we can uh, understand the crew size, the, you know, the, the kind of uh, broad stroke sh- uh, schedules, and then we can speak to the, the head of the department so we can better understand the, the, the skill sets required for that role, potentially even skill set shortages within the wider team so we can uh, account for that when mm-hmm. bringing new people into a team. And then we can speak to a show supervisor to understand the nuances of, of that particular show as well. So it's a combination. Again, mm-hmm. you're having conversations with multiple people to find sometimes just one individual. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah it's great. 
and then like approaching people I like I know that when you approach people there's like an element of kind of what they might potentially be working on how much do you know that you can tell people kind of based on like shows that we have coming up that always depends on uh, the project and where it's at in its current life cycle. Mm. So it's it, typically as soon as we get marketing clearance, our marketing team will, will let us know that the uh, that the client is now kind of advertising it, uh, the production publicly, that there is uh, you know a cast and crew, that there is a release date, yeah. and that's usually then when we can start communicating that to, to the talent pool and candidates that mm. that you know we've got this next big uh, this next big show in but otherwise you've got to kind of talk in in roundabouts of the creative yeah. like we've got this um you know creature character driven uh, production we've got this sci-fi environment heavy show is um, that a lot of like going back to what has been worked on and what has been released yeah you can call back and uh-huh. and, and and reference things definitely definitely uh, anything that you know can kind of pique interest and paint um a, a story for somebody mm. um but also you know when we're doing an intake call, we're, we're trying to understand not just the creative, but what are the challenges. You, you can you can talk about the challenges because it doesn't impede on what the IP is. So we can talk about that we've got this, um, you know, full CG environment build with that's going to be utilising multiple cameras that is going to have an Unreal component to it, potentially even like a Houdini component to it. So you're talking about procedural modelling and environments. Uh, with an unreal component and just all of these different kind of technical challenges they pique interest and, mm. and create really like fun conversation as well mm. so again it's it's about finding the creative and, and and again if you are blocked by the IP you you, you find other things to talk about you know, what is really exciting what are they going to be the big challenges that people are going to face on this production and what people are going to be exposed to that's for me actually where the fun is the mm. IP is neither here nor there it's, it's about you know what are people going to be doing um, and like with interviews, I know that obviously with COVID, there's like been more lockdown interviews and ones from home. Do you prefer it remote or do you prefer it in person? I, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm, uh, I still do miss face-to-face interviews. Mm-hmm. They still haven't really returned. Um, and again, Framestore, um, we crew globally. So we um, acquire talent from all over the world. Um, so we've always done video interviews. They've always been a, a part of our day to day. Um, I would say you know 95% of all interviews are now video mm-hmm. and I, I do miss the face-to-face element I love greeting people when they come into the studio I love people seeing the studio space I love grabbing a, a coffee with somebody making somebody feel really calm really welcome in inside the frame store space and just you know catching 10 minutes just mm-hmm. to muck around and have a chit chat and then you know the, the formalities of the interview kick off Whereas now that's slightly missing. So you've got to find other ways to put somebody at ease. You've got mm. to you know, send a bit more information to, to make them feel uh, a bit more comfortable in what can be a really you know, vulnerable and, and tricky space for some people. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I do miss the face-to-face. I mean, I do remember my interview with um, you and Andrew. Um, I was like super nervous going into it, but actually it was just a really nice chat. And yeah. that's something that I think... if anyone goes for any jobs for frame store that they should expect that it is a nice chat it's not anything intimidating it is just a really nice informal chat figuring out what you want from the job as well as what they can bring and it's yeah it's a nice little collaborative chat and it yeah it was a really enjoyable process for me actually i mean that's what's like so important as well when when you're interviewing the candidate is interviewing us as well they Mm. need to make sure that it aligns with their expectations their career development so we're, we're trying to tease that out in a in a 
informal conversation sometimes as to you know what do they really want to be doing in the next six months the next 12 months where would they like to to see them have support from training or you know potential mentors inside Framestore um, so yeah but you, you need to have a, a casual conversation to, to kind of tease those things out otherwise to have a really structured formal sometimes intimidating conversation and then to yeah. say to somebody what do you want to do next year? What do you want to do in the next two years? They're just going to be thrown off guard and they're not going to enjoy the, the, the experience. Uh, and also that's not, that's not Framestore. Framestore is relatively casual workplace, yeah. right? People I, do, have, I do feel like interviews are very reflective of the company itself yeah. a lot of the time. Like if it is very structured, it's quite a regimented place you'd be going into. Whereas like it's, it's still regimented to a point, but it's, it's so much more relaxed here. And I think it's just a nice place to be. Yeah. And, and again, even in uh, when we're hiring for, for engineers uh, for the you know, R&D and software, there's, there's technical testing involved. And it's like, how does Framestore make technical testing approachable? How do we mm -hmm. make it unbiased? How do we make it um, accessible for people? Um, and even you know, surrounding that technical test, we've made sure that it's not an intimidating task, but we've made sure it has a really conversational element off the back of it where you can explain yourself and you can talk and you can learn and um, and, and kind of you know pass on knowledge. Um, so again, yeah, like you said, it's, it's definitely a, it's a frame store thing that that's your introduction to the company. You need to get a snapshot of yeah. how people how people are talking every day. Mm. How much of um, kind of like the like with the mentorship schemes and it well internship stuff. How much like are you involved in that process and like do you approach like for internships in general like the schools? Do you go to the schools and find people based on that or do they apply themselves and find out themselves kind of thing? Yeah, so Amy Smith um, is the, the director of um, recruitment as well as outreach and outreach is obviously encompasses our launch pad programs which mm. is the internship, the apprenticeship um, the, the, the connection to educational partners. So, you know, with Amy's support, recruitment on the ground will action and support those initiatives. So, you know, we have, I think now, 60 plus educational partners for visual effects and animation that we communicate with on, a, on, a, on an actual weekly basis, which is insane, because it's a lot, of, a lot of voices and a lot of conversations that, mm. um, thank you Sky, um, supports <laughs> us a, a great deal with. And again, you know, connects us uh, to those educational partners to, to let them know when we're gearing up for an internship, what, how, how it's going to be structured, how it's going to look like, what's going to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, we'll also um, go out to the schools all over Europe. And again, my counterparts in North America go out to North American schools uh, and, and the same for, for the other studios out there. They'll, you know, they'll go out to, to these schools, meet the students, prepare them, get them ready to engage in interviews, how to prepare their portfolios so that they're, they're kind of set up for success mm. when they go to apply for jobs formally or again apply for something like the, the internship. And then again we continue that life cycle within the team here so we'll help advertise and promote the internship, we'll help acquire the, the interns and then we'll slightly do a, a soft handover to training in HR so uh, training could help support the HODs be ready for the interns mm. um, but you know continually you know an active part of that yeah. process yeah um, and you mentioned events like how many how many well, what's the most events in a year I suppose that you've had to attend like uh, in Europe personally personally yeah oh, I want to wow. know okay. this year this year alone question. god I mean 
sometimes there's been multiple events every single month in different flavors so I may do university or college presentations I could do presentations in the studio virtual or, or mm. otherwise I'm trying to think there was a, actually a year and, and Amy and, and, and Toy the senior recruiter on my team often laugh about it but there was one period I wasn't in the studio this is again pre-lockdown so everyone's mm. in the studio every single day but I was gone for about eight weeks um, <laughs> across Europe I was in, <laughs> bouncing around events. I was all over Europe uh, back-to-back events you know there was like a week in Annecy for the Annecy Animation Festival I had multiple graduations in, in, in Paris in the south of France then there was an event in Spain um, <laughs> and I, I literally wasn't in the studio for, for about two months and I had to maintain day-to-day recruitment at the same time so I was still I was going to say interviews how did you maintain interviews yeah, so I was, just I, general recruitment like tasks during yeah that time? so I was a senior recruiter at the time and I was supporting technology so I at the time I was uh you know getting on every single morning and I was connecting with my stakeholders so you know Cynthia Crimmins in animation Michael Eames director of animation um our, our tech uh stakeholders in R&D just to kind of keep them uh, akin with most recent um, outreach efforts from me, most mm. recent um, applications, the quality of them, who I'm pre-screening and talking to behind the scenes and I feel is uh, that we should move to a first stage interview. So I was doing that every single morning, lunchtime during an event, there was always, you know, as a, in France they, they make a big thing of lunch, good on them. So you have a good like hour and a half to break away um, and the French being the French, they will take a, a nice, long, considered, slow lunch, take the time and eat, and I'll be in the corner with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, forcing it into my mouth whilst replying to loads of emails, talking to people back at the studio in London, making sure that everything's prepared for interviews maybe later in the day. Mm. Uh, you just you just make it work. But uh, yeah, events in a year, God, definitely 10, 12 plus every, every year. It's... That's a lot. It's, it's intense. It's a lot of travel and, and again, a lot of opportunities to speak with amazing people from mm. all over the world. But that's the only way a company like Framestore has such an eclectic crew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really diverse crew, people from all over the world, mm. weird and wonderful backgrounds. It's because we bump into them in weird and wonderful places. I'm just loving the callback to the uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm intrigued to the quality of the, uh, the French white bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find the cheapest. It doesn't really work in a baguette. White bread. It doesn't quite work in a baguette. (laughs) Destroy the roof of your mouth. Because clearly that's the only French bread that exists, right? (laughs) (laughs) Stereotypes aside. Anyway, sorry, Lucy. Uh, No, that's kind of the main ones I had, really, to be honest. Um, Have you always known you wanted to do recruit, like be in the kind of recruitment side of things? No, I think people kind of get into recruitment for, I mean, it got, of course, multiple different reasons, but Mm. in my experience, you either get in when you're young or when you're slightly more seasoned in your career. So in visual effects, you're seeing uh, commonly a lot of senior line producers or even uh, producers move into into crewing or recruitment Mm, because they understand uh, the production life cycle of a film. They have Mm. a really established network. So it's a a slightly easier transition to, to move into recruitment and be successful because you you know names, you know places, um, and, and you, can, you can make meaningful connections. When I was young, I think I fell in love with the gamification of, of recruitment. So to me, recruitment is a bit of a, like a, an MMORPG like World of Warcraft. So mm. like the end of the game is, 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 is making a hire. But that journey is filled with side quests, dragons <laughs> at all different stages, uh, and yeah, I think when I was young, I just fell in love with the gamification of it. Mm. Um, and, you know, everyone says about the job, no two day is the, you know, no day is the same. And again, in recruitment, 
no no role is the same, no hiring partner is the, is the same, and, and certainly no day. Um, it changes wildly. Those quests and side missions, mm. they, they just keep <laughs> coming. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I, you know, from a, I've been doing this now for, you know, 12, 13 years, I just, I fell in love with the gamification of, of recruitment. Um, I actually started, my very first recruitment role was actually in um, medical recruitment. So I was actually supporting the NHS, uh, bring doctors and surgeons uh, into their hospitals. And again, the real world reward for me as a, as a recruiter is knowing that there's a surgeon on the ground, that there's a mm. GP there, that there's a mental health physician um, on the ground because of the efforts that I went through. Yeah. You know, that hasn't changed. The, 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 but the result now is, you know, me and my family, we go see Paddington too, and I'm like, I helped, yeah. you know, contribute Those to... Those people at the end of the, at the, end of the crunch, you're like, I've hired them and them. Yeah, it's just exactly. like ticking them off. It's, it's <laughs> a huge. I, I absolutely love yeah. it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Sense of achievement for like everyone else as well as kind of self self achievement and achievement for on behalf of everyone else. It's just yeah. it, it's really cool seeing the, the the names of people. We were talking about credits in the last episode, mm. but just seeing that credit list, knowing that that you brought them into that project is is you know is it. I, I feel a huge sense of achievement. Yeah, and um, pride for the people that definitely. Out. And then yeah. the, the amount of people that we've introduced to just visual effects and animation, mm. the amount of people that we've brought over from different industries, or it, maybe they're a, a junior artist and they're growing in their career, and you see their very first credit, or their second credit, or their third credit, and you know that's you know I've only been in visual effects and animation for five six years now, but there's people that are hired on year one that are still with Framestore today. And I'll go see a, you know, an eighteen ninety nine or something, mm. and I'll see the name of somebody in the credits. I'm like, we gave them their break out of school, you know, we brought them in as an intern, mm. and it's just that's amazing. Mm. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I, I love the I, the metaphors in these episodes has been a real treat. I love the metaphor of you on a quest with your <laughs> satchel and your kind of wizarding hat and your staff, yeah, walking, walking through the through the uh, through a mountain range trying to find your perfect hire but I think that's great I love that I'm never going to kind of look at your role the same <laughs> can, in so many images you've wondered why I'm sitting there with a wizarding hat on most of the day <laughs> yeah I get it now <laughs> but Lucy that was great honestly I think um, we, again call back to the last episode where we talked about obviously your, your break at Framestore mm. and, and, and Ian being part of the interview process and there's something yeah. really cool sitting here watching you interviewing Ian and giving him a right old grilling <laughs> exactly. which, was, Run which for, is brilliant run money with my interview I love right? it. it's gone full circle and it's, it's quite cool because like you mentioned earlier we work together, so mm. you are the, 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 the next part of uh, an artist's life cycle with, with frame stores. So they'll mm. be introduced via recruitment, and then as a you know as a, as a crewing uh, assistant or crewing manager, mm. you know you're 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 there supporting them day to day, crewing them to, yeah. to to productions, making sure that they feel supported, you know. And um, yeah, I love that. I have a couple of questions in before we wrap up. I always do throw in a couple just because can't resist and uh, one is around um, when you're recruiting um, it, what, what is the balance and I guess it might depend on the role but what's the balance between recruiting for potential or how much do you recruit for potential or future potential and how much do you recruit for a, an existing skill set where they can hit the ground running that's a great question uh, and I, I do you know what I would actually say in my experience you're always looking for potential you're never looking you're never thinking short term yeah okay so even you know the project life cycle might only continue for another six or twelve months you don't want to think about that individual leaving the company you're always yeah. looking for 
uh, their potential outside of, a, of an immediate 911, we need a comper to do their shot. You're, you're thinking about their skill set and their development post. Yeah. Um, and that's a conversation that you're always going to have with a hiring manager after an interview. Yes, you're going to say, I feel that they are relevant and, and applicable for this immediate need, this immediate concern, but this application, their knowledge base around this, mm. that's not a concern right now, but it will be in the future. You're always thinking about that yeah. no matter the interview. Um, and and you know these visual effects productions, they are so large now. The contribution uh, is made by the dozen, if not by the hundred, um, in, in terms of people that you know, are putting focus efforts into it. So you, you spread uh, those immediate concerns versus potential um, throughout the whole crew. Uh, and again, having conversations with people like Lucy mm -hmm. will understand what you know. What are the immediate concerns? What are the immediate sk uh, skill set shortages? And we can take that into account when we are screening candidates. Mm. Um, I love that. That's a great answer. Thank you. And and, and talking about it, because it, it sounds like you're always having to think one step ahead all the time. You know, it's not just like immediate needs. It's like thinking about that bigger picture. Uh, I imagine uh, in tandem with that, and we touched on this a bit in the last episode with uh, active listening, yeah. is that all the different personalities you must meet and your team will meet on a, any given campaign or you know, you're recruiting all the time, right? I and mean, that's what I see sitting from my vantage point. Yeah. You know, how easy is it to switch your, your approach or your personality style to all those different personalities? Because I imagine you must get super introverted candidates, super gregarious extroverts, and all the kind of different personalities in the middle. Yeah, yeah What's definitely. your approach to that? I mean, personally, I'm quite sympathetic to anybody going through an interview process. Mm -hmm. I'm a, a kind of natural introvert myself. So knowing somebody like me is, is, is being interviewed it's it can be an anxiety ridden yeah. endeavor so um you know you always want to make sure that people are feeling comfortable but also it's it's conversations that me and my recruitment team have we're always you know being very mindful of of somebody coming with a neurodiverse background or somebody mm. that could be anxious or somebody that could be an introvert mm. maybe somebody slightly more extroverted they might have a tendency to, to over communicate in that situation mm. and uh, you have to be aware as a recruiter so you can help manage and steer a conversation um, to support your hiring manager your, your hiring manager and you know in, in this case it could be a supervisor or a head of department they're not always going to be um, aware of how somebody can react in a what can be a very high pressure situation. Mm. So my team should hopefully be aware and trained enough um, to, to kind of mitigate and, and guide a conversation to, to be, you know, really productive. Yeah. Thank you. And, and final question for me is around, uh, we touched on, I think Lucy, you talked about bias a little bit in the last, mm. in the last uh, session or the last, um, or your interview. Um, what's your take on bias and unconscious bias and, and, and keeping that in check? Because it's like any conversation, you gravitate to the familiar, you gravitate to people who are like you. How do you, how do you deal with that and recognize that? Mm. And how do you instill that in your, your team? Yeah, I mean, you're never going to completely remove uh, unconscious bias, I'm afraid. So you, you need to mitigate for it. You need to prepare um, you and your hiring committee for it. Uh, the best case scenario is that you standardize the process um, thoughtfully as, as much as possible so you can compare and contrast uh, in mass um, in, in, in the most fair, um, you know, in, in the most fair way. I'm going to stop interviewing now. I feel I'm like on the uh, <laughs> on the interview offensive here, but it's such an interesting crafty, and honestly, I think I, I, I could talk about this forever. And I know again, we're we're tapping out episode two. Um, so, Lucy, anything else you want to ask him before we bring the, the episode to a close? 
No, I think that was most of the questions, and yeah, I think we've got a lot of good uh, information out of that. So yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for so much me for the questions. Thank you. <laughs> so that brings this week's episode to a close. Our, our festive Christmas special again. Uh, thank you, Lucy, for not just being a brilliant co-host, but for bringing the festive headgear. I'm sorry, our listeners can't enjoy week. that. I'm They'll sure. be there all week next week. So you're welcome to come out to the sixth floor and see the wonderful, wonderful hats. There you go. Come and see the wonderful hats on the... This could Trump have some salmon on the first episode. Come and see some wonderful hats on the sixth floor. Um, Thank you, Ian and Lucy. Honestly, brilliant conversation. Could be my favourite episode so far. Is there anything you want to talk about or plug? Or are there any roles you're currently hiring for, Ian, that you want to kind of put out there in in the podverse? Yeah, I mean, our pre-production team is is still growing. Like I said earlier, they have some amazing work lined up for next year. So if you are interested in concept art, pre-vis, post-vis, virtual production, um, definitely that's worth a plug. Also, uh, our internship uh, is being being advertised from from late this year, early next. So uh, if you are a budding artist and at the kind of crux of your career and you're looking for, um, you know, paid internship over, over the summer of next year um, stay in touch with that brilliant how can they stay in touch uh, they can go to uh, framestore.careers.com uh, they can also stay in touch with us uh, on LinkedIn Twitter Facebook um, framestore.com excellent what a beautiful way to leave it well thank you again both and have a Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry thank Christmas. you very much Well, that wraps up this week's Christmas special episodes. What a great pairing. This also means we'll be taking our own festive break over the holidays, returning with a brand new set of episodes for Monday the 9th of January 2023. So watch out for that. It just leaves me to thank Ian for being a brilliant guest and Lucy for being this week's excellent guest co-host and of course for providing the festive headgear. Join us in the new year for another great conversation with another guest and co-host from our global Framestore community. Thanks for listening and have a very Merry Christmas.